Hello and welcome to Down Down Critics Are Down. This is a film review podcast. My name is Morgan Roberts. And and my name is, is Dominic Fitzgerald. <laughs> real real quick on that. So oh, good yeah. energy there, boy. Yeah. So tell tell our sweet viewers about this idea. Like what look we were going to do a podcast that actually ended up being a bit look, convoluted, and we both decided that it was a shit idea. Look, when you when you when you try to come up with film podcast ideas, there are there are so there are so many that have been done. And when you when you're looking to start a film podcast, you just gotta you just gotta try and come up with an idea that works, is simple, uh, clicks with an audience. And um, the last idea did not tick any of those boxes, <laughs> met none of the criteria. Absolutely not. Except for a couple of months there, I thought that they did, and it was a, a wonderful period of de- delirium. Oh yeah, to be it, was living like, in. it was the good timeline. <laughs> it was like when we thought World War Two was a good idea. It was like, hey guys, this is really working. This is terrific. This is, this this can only go well, and it didn't. Um, yeah. It didn't. But um, lo and behold, uh, this isn't a world war. This is a podcast about film. A terrific medium of content, and um, we thought the best thing to do was go to our local Coles bargain bin and pick a film. Peak cinema, if you ask me. The Coles bargain bin. Peak cinema. Peak cinema. Um, I texted Dom a photo of the Coles bargain bin because I thought, let's. How about we scrap that idea and do this idea, and we will call it "Down Down Critics Are Down." Everyone seemed to enjoy that idea. <laughs> Uh, and so I texted was- him a photo of the entire five dollar mm. wall of DVDs, and because great mind things, great minds think alike, we both thought that Flubber was the best choice for the first. I point. mean, you sent me a photo of that that that, that wall of DVDs, <laughs> that wall of, of 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 cinema, and no face stood out to me more so than our dearly beloved, dearly departed, pour a bit out for Robin Williams, just. Grinning like a, just grinning like a motherfucker, <laughs> holding a bit of an absolute madman. That's enticing. <laughs> That's an enticing image. That green goo has never looked better. Let's be real. <laughs> nineteen ninety seven, the green goo was, was crazy. What else was happening in nineteen ninety seven? Let's set the scene. Um, I was semen. I was just <laughs> not. I did not exist. I did not exist in nineteen ninety seven. A few of my friends were born in 1997. I was 10. Yeah. Um, and uh, the, uh, if we want the Roman numerals, M-C-M-X-C-V-I-I. <laughs> didn't want those Roman numerals. Yeah, you didn't want them. Well, now, well, you've given them now, so that's a... <laughs> don't say that we're not a classy podcast. We, we can, we're we ready to bust out the Roman numerals. Um. Guess what else happened in 1997? Oh. Bill Clinton sworn in second term as president of the United States of America. Wow, what a time! Had he had yeah. he had we, he not had sexual relations with that woman at that point? No, but speaking of sexual relations, it was the year of the 69th Academy Awards, hosted by Billy. Oh, Christopher. is that is that real? <laughs> is that real? Yeah, I'm not joking. That's that is real. 97 was the 69th Academy Awards. I'm double checking that 69th Academy right Awards. now. <laughs> I'm not joking. This is hot podcasting content That's... right now, ladies and gentlemen. This is real time. This is oh real time god. last minute research. Oh my god, you're right. Oh man, now when I think, <laughs> when I think, 69. What a glorious number. What a glorious <laughs> bit of. What a glorious. I think Billy Crystal. In all honesty, I think about that sweet. Jewish man, just, just, I don't know, eating a sandwich at Kant's Deli with, um, oh my gosh, how am I blanking on the, yeah, how am I blanking on the actress from When Harry Met Sally's Name? Oh, what's her name? Is it Helen Hunt? No, it's not. I don't, I don't it's not. It's the other one. We run a film. The other actress, the other blonde a, actress who, who was active in the night. We run a film <laughs> podcast, guys. <laughs> Fuck, that's not a good sign. I, I I wanted to say Diane Keaton, but I was getting confused with Annie Hall. Oh fuck, that's gonna drive me nuts. Um oh um uh uh Meg Ryan. It's Meg Ryan. So Boeing and McDonnell Douglas complete a merger. FIFA ninety eight came out in nineteen ninety seven. Titanic came out 
another film that may or may not be in the bargain bin when we when we have another look. <laughs> I really hope we get Titanic in the. I was thinking about this about which <laughs> which films I'd love to see pop up in that bargain bin. Because here's the thing: it's kind of such an odd. I mean, you know, you never know. Like something, some greatness could be in the bargain bin. I, I, I might, I might even eventually get around to watching The Notebook. This is true, and I think you've got a high chance of finding the notebook in that bargain bin. It's either in the five dollars or the seven dollars. It's pretty. It's pretty down. It's pretty it's, down it's, there with it's with those prices at Coles, who is not a sponsor of this podcast. I'd put it at seven dollars. I'd, I'd I'd put that movie at seven dollars. When I think about the bargain bin, I think about uh, like uh, those forgotten gems, or 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 not gems. <laughs> I think about those forgotten <laughs> moments of, of cinema's the past. You know, when I, well, when I look in a bargain bin, I don't expect to be like, oh, there's uh, there's Lawrence of Arabia because it's like too, <laughs> it's too well revered. I When I walk past a bargain bin, I'm like, oh, yeah, of course there's a copy of Demolition Man. <laughs> of course there's a copy of... <laughs> of course there's a copy of Terminator 2. <laughs> Is there is there a bargain bin uh, style guide? It's like, hang on, <laughs> no, yes, no one's watched this movie in forty years, but it's too good. It has it is revered too highly to be oh. put under such duress as the bargain bin yeah. label. I do think it also has to be like early. I think it's got to be a lot of nineties, late eighties, nineties, early two thousand cinema. I think, yeah, like because yeah. uh, it's like where's that peak? It's always films that have been too overtly manufactured. So they're popular films, but they're At films the that no one well, no one really felt like buying on DVD. It's the last bastion of the great DVD. I mean, what do we do now? I mean, basically the format of this podcast is going to be one of us alternates and buys and chooses a film from the bargain bin and to save a little bit of dollars, the other person streams it. Um, what happened with Flubber, Dom? <laughs> yeah, well, except for this week. <laughs> yeah, I couldn't have I was like, all right, you started the idea. You were in Coles first. You saw the bargain bin. You picked up a $5 DVD copy of Flubber. So I'm like, all right, I'll stream it this week. I'm nearly certain I recognize Robin Williams' goofy-ass Flubber-holding face through like a Netflix or a Stan library. So I went through and I looked. And believe it or not, Netflix... They're in so much debt, but they can't afford to stream Flubber. <laughs> like, you think they could at least have Flubber in the banks, just have Flubber in the wings. They could they could pick one up at their local Coles for five dollars. Well, little 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 did little do you know. Yesterday, I went to my local Coles, and I went to my, <laughs> and we and we go to different Coles. By the way, we're, we're in Coles separated by states, but. Lo and behold, I walked to my very own Coles, walked over to that. It wasn't a bin. It was a, it was a wall. In fact, it was yeah, a rather it was a full. a wall like mine. Yeah. It was such a full, it was a wall, the bargain wall. And let me, and let me just, let me just take a moment to clang. They had the $5 section. They had the $7 section. They had a $10 section. <laughs> Boutique content. With such luminary films as. Gosh, I think I saw a DVD copy of Superman Returns in there. Wow. I think I saw That's got to um, be up there with the next one we do. But but they had a $15 section. <gasps> they were not they were not fucking around. That had a DVD copy of Guardians 2. Wow. Of, $15. Yeah, $15 for DVD. I think they might have had two out of the three Hobbit movies on the $15 wall. It's real. They're not fucking around. The, that's that's some highbrow bargain content right there. There's an auteur at the, at, the, at, at my local Coles that isn't me. <laughs> there's a real there's a real there's a real well-revered cinema snob in the Coles. So every week we are going to pick a bargain film, whatever it is. Uh, th- there's basically no other, you know, you, you might think this is, uh, you know, some revered movie podcast of our, of our generation. We're talking about the worst idea of all time. We're not going to review the same film every week. That's been done. No. We're talking oh about God. those 
green light boys that, that pitch films that don't exist. We're not talking about that. We're talking, what, what about that one that Alexi Toliopoulos does? You, What's you that gotta, called? Uh, the Blank Slate Movie Podcast. The Blank Slate Movie Podcast, which and now doesn't too. exist. Uh, like I, on that topic, if I had to watch, if I had to, if we had to review Flopper every week, <laughs> I'd lose my fucking mind. We'll get into that later, but I just I shuddered a little bit inside when you when you mentioned the prospect of having at least contemplating having to watch Flopper once a week. Yeah, yeah. Which is con- considering the fact that I, I, as I mentioned the idea to you, and then you came back at me straight away with a text of, "That's the one that." I thought of as well, and I was just like, "How? How? How did this happen? How did we both reach the absolute?" I mean, of opinion we'll, put, right now? we'll put the photo. We'll put the photo of the the bargain the bargain wall on the socials. But just it was just there. It's the standout <laughs> in a sea really of like was. blue and dark covers. I mean, Cat in the Hat was also on the wall, so I was, but I was avoiding that. I was avoiding making <laughs> eye contact with with Mike Myers. <laughs> It's just this bright green. And Robin Williams has an inviting face. He really does. does. He has a very inviting face. R.I.P. Come hang out with me for 90 minutes with Marcia Gayhart and and this bit of green flubber. It's and a a robot and a sex robot. And a couple of other things. And we're going to get onto that right now. Ladies and gentlemen, Flubber, the 1997 Robin Williams vehicle for which compositors compositors in the late 90s really, really cut their teeth on. They really got amongst this wonderful green um, thing that made flying cars possible. I still don't understand the logic <laughs> of that. I still. <laughs> but his. Okay, we're going we're gonna to skip about 20 minutes ahead of this review. You explained it. But. It, it, but yes, but his robot already flies. I mean, <laughs> there's a whole bunch of things to unpack with that robot <laughs> and the context of the movie. But I know he explained how the flying he explains how the flying car works. He no, yes, but then it doesn't. He doesn't explain. All right, we're going to start. Are we going to start from the top? Yeah, let's open with a beautiful credit scene with all the e- a, equals hang MC on. squared stuff. I want to. I want to open with a Les Mayfield film. <laughs> Yeah. Les Mayfield. Who the fuck is Les Mayfield? The director of this film really wants you to know he's the director of this film. Like there's when you think of auteur theory, you think of oh an Alfred Hitchcock film, uh, you know, a Quentin Tarantino film. You think of these guys with personalities that are really built into their films. They want you to know. It's almost a selling point when you see a director's name. You're like, oh man, I really want to see the new Denis Villeneuve film. This is a film by Denis Villeneuve. Fucking Les Mayfield. <laughs> I looked it up on IMDb. Les Mayfield's filmography consists of several making of documentaries. <laughs> like the making of the making of 2010, whatever the Space Odyssey sequel was. But he's but no, but all right, with that said, he has also directed a handful of feature films. Feature films including Encino Man. All these films I've never heard of. Oh boy, wait till you look at the the works of Paulie Shaw. Just going back on this director trope, mm. what I love is when 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 we're looking at those opening credits and it says, and it comes up with, let's just use Les Mayfield as as a placeholder right now. A Les Mayfield film. Yeah. Well, wait for it. Directed by Les, Les Mayfield. Mayfield. Well, <laughs> There's, there's a, like you just told me that, cunt. <laughs> they fucking love it. They they fucking love it. Those directors just getting those names up there. But there is a bigger name attached to this film, which we'll get to in a moment. I do want to talk about the opening sequence of this film. The opening credits are made up of like a whole bunch of random math titles <laughs> that make it. The compositors really got their earned their money this time. Oh, but it's so hard to see against like these these like these stark white math symbols and titles contrasted with this blue ass light sky. It was in fact I actually found it hard, relatively difficult to read the actual main title of the film when it came yeah. out in this, in this opening I was like because it was fucking half empty. I had to squint. I was like and I'm <laughs> I'm a grown ass man. Kids are going to be like what does all this shit mean? <laughs> uh, it's gonna get to my- Robin Williams, the great man in 
Yeah. So what do we so what do we open on? We open on like the house. The newspaper gets thrown on the ground. Oh yeah. No. And the school's gonna close. <laughs> the the university's gonna close. Yeah, yeah. The foreshadowing newspaper. Yeah. This is the if anyone needs to know, this is the bad guy who's gonna rear his ugly head, you know, mean some way through the second act of this film. Yeah. And it is and it is in terms of screenwriting terms, it's a setup, right? Because I looked at it and I must have missed it during You're the opening credits because I had to go back and I'm like, who wrote this movie? Let me hit you with a bombshell. Do you know who wrote this movie? I was not paying attention to that. I think I was pairing my keyboard to my iPhone <laughs> so I could write all those notes. There are, we, we compilated notes. That's how you know this is a real film podcast. The film is written and produced by John Hughes. You and now, <laughs> now you're now you may be thinking that name sounds very familiar. Those yeah. very f- that, now for for us who know, John Hughes is the legendary writer of some of the no, not some of the the best coming of age eighties films of all time. Let me hit you with a Breakfast Club. No, Ferris Bueller's Day Off. No. Fucking Uncle Buck, planes, trains, and automobiles. Get fucked. Literally the man who wrote Home Alone. Okay, that explains a whole lot of stuff. This is a whole lot of stuff straight up. So, I mean, we're gonna get to it. But this is a man who writes who has previously written these very touching human coming of age dramas. This is also a man who at this point of his career has started writing slapstick schlock. You ever heard of a film called Baby's Day Out? Yeah, I saw that film. That came out three years before Flubber. I saw that film in the movies. Oh, hell yeah, dude. I was was seven. (laughs) Please tell me what it was like to sit in a room full of other people and watch someone stomp on Joe Martinez's groin (laughs) on his... For laming penis and balls. <laughs> because a baby... Wait, I forgot about how the baby grabs his dick. <laughs> the baby grabs his dick, then lights it on fire, all while they're talking to a cop. Oh, my God. I really hope that was the perfect there. time. I'm not sure for those for those listeners at home. Harry just walked in to say goodbye. Oh. Off. Not a perfect time, uh, not a more perfect time could have been chosen for you to be talking about a baby stomping on dick. Baby scrap. Fucking baby pink. <laughs> so we're coming from, so the pedigree of this film, I mean, I, 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 can't, I can't answer your question about what that was like being in a room <laughs> of all those people because I really cannot remember. I just know that yeah, I saw well, it. Yeah, well, baby's um, day out. But such pedigree. Dominic Fitzgerald, such pedigree. I mean, yeah, it was, but this is a point where he's started to write these big wacky slapstick movies, but also writing these 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 real ass human dramas. And so, so I'm sit, so I'm sitting in these opening credits, going, man, this really sounds like a Danny Elfman soundtrack right now. When he hang on, when he got his own, when he got his own credit, when he got the credit first for the Flubber Mombo. Written by Danny Elfman and then music by Danny Elfman. It's it's nuts. This man was basically writing every score in the nineties. So I open with my first notes post credit saying, "Oh no, don't close the college." And then it, and then it came up saying, "Yes, I was correct. It says music by Danny Elfman." Um, and then uh, our man Robin Williams wakes up out of bed, surrounded by books and contraptions, just woken up by his by his by his. His pet robot, Weeboo, Weeaboo, Weeboo, Weeboo. I really wanted to call Weeboo. it Weeaboo. It was too. <laughs> it was like John Hughes. You off the goop on this one? Weeboo wakes him up. Did Jerry Anderson get some kind of cutback for that breakfast scene? Because holy shit, some Thunderbird stuff happening right now with all that breakfast. It's a Rube Goldberg orgy of of contraptions <laughs> of of overly complex contraptions he's got an apple watch making breakfast he had a he had a, he had a mac running his breakfast he had he's a man of the future it's a disney film it was all like hey look you know 
was this pre-Pixar? N- no, because Toy Story or was this bad. kind of concurrent. Of famously, Apple and yeah. Pixar and Disney, they're all in bed. So, yeah, that, that makes a lot of yeah. sense. Has we been, all right, has we been um, shown, like, pop culture clips at this point in the movie? Yeah, he, we. she has shown pop culture clips at this point. Um, that's a question. I mean, it, look, and can we just address the fact that Weibo is like, I mean, when did Wally come out? Oh, Wally this came is out a good 20 years. 2008. Year. Okay. So 11 years later. Yeah. So this is some 11 years in the making concept um, material for what Wally would look like. Yeah. Com- com- complete with all the pop cultural references that she pops out. I mean. To, to basically speak with. It was just... This is some real inside fucking Disney shit right now. It was now. just of bombardment. It felt like something I would have seen in Ready Player One, in all honesty. It's like... <laughs> Except it happened it first. It happened first in 1997, <laughs> just proving that, uh, Ernest Klein is an even bigger hack than we first thought. <laughs> no, That's but right. so... Who knew? We've been waking up. We should probably start talking more narrative, because I guarantee... People who are listening to this have not sat down to watch Flubber themselves. <laughs> and I do not blame them one bit. I do not blame them at all. So we've got our main character, oh Robin Williams. I don't remember his fucking name. Professor Frank. He was a professor? Yeah. Oh, fuck. I've made a Simpsons <laughs> reference. What am I, the robot? So Professor Brainard. Oh my! I think it might have been anyway. Professor Brainard. Yeah, Braintard calls themselves Professor Brainard. That's good screenwriting. Um, right. So Robin Williams. This is classic. He's getting ready for his normal day at school, and he's a bit absent-minded. Really? Are you not making a reference to the fact that this was a remake? Or a re- rewrite of the 1961 classic, the, the absent-minded Professor Dominic Fitzgerald. I mean, really? I'm, no. I mean, there are hacks in Hollywood. We know this. I wouldn't <laughs> put it past it. No, we've lifted the <laughs> lid. No, right. So he wakes up. He's getting ready for another day at, at un, teaching at a university, having his breakfast. His lovely robot Weeboo tries to remind him about all the important stuff today. Weebu fails to remind him it's the day of his fucking wedding. Well, she puts it up, but only when he's not looking and she doesn't say anything. Oh, yeah, no, no, no. It's just so he doesn't look at it. She's purposefully sabotaged him so that he can't remember he has to get married today. Why are they not already living together? This is 1997. This is 97. They're both educators. They're both fairly conservative. I'm sure it's, you know... I'm sure it's been a fairly long engagement. I mean. It seems like it has. I mean, we'll get to why it may have been right now. So this man hops on his razor scooter, <laughs> skirts through the university campus, ends up at the wrong class. He he, he, <laughs> he goes to the life drawing class. He goes to, he walks into a life drawing class. Does not. Why? Does not notice not for nervous. an Embarrassingly long it, time. What I want to know, though, Dom, is that why is he even going to school today? Hang on, I can hear like, doubles of you. Well, he doesn't. He doesn't realize yet. But she. But here's the thing. Morgan, she's I at can school. Mute, like doubles. Can you have you unmuted FaceTime? Oh, Pog chin. Sorry, but she's at. Why are they even? Oh, this is now. This is podcasting. Um, mm. Why? Okay, so he forgets that there's a wedding, so he goes to school and he goes to the wrong class because obviously it's his right, is his normal class, but because they thought, oh, well, he's not going to be here today because it's his fucking wedding. No, no, no. I just assumed it was, I just assumed it was, he's so absent minded that he. Oh, is he absent minded? Is he dumb? Oh, it's not my class. Oh, no. But whatever. That's not. And then she's at school too. Oh, she's standing on her desk trying to get important university things done just whilst being fitted for a wedding dress. On the day of her wedding. No, no, no. This is where we find out. Why the fuck out. is that happening? This is where we find out. The big bombshell. <laughs> this is the third time they're going to get married. <laughs> he has forgotten. Why the fuck is she? St- He's forgotten about his wedding three times. I, my, I've got a pretty strong s- suspension of disbelief, right? I'm happy to believe that he's got a flying robot. 
I'm happy to believe he invents a fucking flying rubber. Blubber. <laughs> what do you mean he forgot about his wedding three times? All right, now... You existed in 1997. Did mobile phones exist in 1997? Um, look, the only thing that I remember existing in 1997 was my pet yellow flying robot, all right? <laughs> Either way, landlines exist in 1997. Why didn't she call him? Ask him to show up to the wedding, please. And wait. I was so dumbfounded by the logic. Because... Because she, so she gets left at the altar again, and again, we're going to just third come back time. in a sec because there's a there's a character introduction that for the third time. Why doesn't anyone at the wedding call him? Exactly. Why, bro? What do you mean oh, you're about to make your wedding for a third time? Like he needs there there needs to there would have been a a team of people at his house making sure he was not fucking going to miss the wedding, but no. But he has a breakthrough on his flubber concept. But guess what happens before that at school? Who would show up, Dom Fitzgerald? Who would show up? But our man, our, our best 90s villain, Shooter McGavin. Christopher McDonald, baby. <laughs> Christopher McDonald. Opening, openingly admitting to stealing all the ideas that he had. And he's still like, yeah, well, oh, I'm Robin Williams. I'm just going to be funny. Uh, anyway. It was just so, so, I, it's hard to like engage in a movie at this point when you're just so lost for yeah. words. But um, with that said, you know, he makes flubber and and there's a bunch of montages and a sequence of tracking shots through the suburban houses that are so 90s. Yeah. Um, this is look, great. I noticed a couple of continuity errors. I mean, look, we can nitpick. We can nitpick it to death. I'm not a I'm not a huge nitpick guy <laughs> because there's a point where you become the cinema sins. <laughs> And those guys fucking suck. But three times, guys. Three times. But it's like there's a point where it all starts to compound into like, and this is my overall part. uh, This is my overall opinion on the film. It's, it's, It's marketed to be a kid's film, wacky slapstick film about Robin Williams inventing some flying rubber. And just, 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 just having wacky adventures with the flying rubber. But at the same time, this movie is also an interpersonal drama about <laughs> accepting flaws, relationships, college funding, all those important things. <laughs> Why the fuck are these two things together in a kid's movie? No kid gives a fuck about. <laughs> About why about why she's gonna accept you. No one cares. But there's there's there was not enough like general slapstick in it to be a completely slapstick film. And there wasn't enough interpersonal drama to be attached to that. It was this weird blend of the two. I don't get it. Anyway, Shooter McGavin has a massive heart on for Sarah. And then we really, then that's when we realized that that Wally concept has done it all on purpose and deleted the calendar event. Yeah, she she actively removes the wedding. Marshy Gayharden gets stood up a third time, and he but but he invents the flubber. When we're going to skirt around that because honestly, for something that is the titular crux yeah. of this film. I really didn't have that many notes about that sequence of the literal thing that is called Flubber being created in the basement because I was like, cool, okay, major story beat. Let's get on to some more shit that we can tear down. It went on for for, that scene where he's like throwing it around, went on for so long. It really feels inserted into the film. Like for a film that is full of insertions, that was a major insertion. It's just an excuse for Robin Williams to do some classic RW, R Willie slapstick right now. This is true. It's so, it's just so elongated. But then they, 
they set up the running joke of the little child and nothing's going to come through that window. I think that was a really, I actually quite like um, that. Um, I but, appreciate that it kept yeah. coming back. <laughs> I mean, points forever, right? <laughs> hey, John Hughes know, knows how to structure a screenplay, at least, kind of. <laughs> so an evil, so an so an evil scheme is hatched uh, to steal the flubber, to steal um, the flubber. featuring one. To steal no one ever said that out loud, and I'm very glad they didn't because I would have lost my shit. <laughs> An evil plan is hatched to steal the flubber because, all right, Professor Brainard is is trying to invent a renewable energy source that he can sell to save the university. That's the plot, right? And to get the girl to prove that he's not an idiot. I want to know. I want to. I, I want to know how no one thought he's already invented several things that you could sell. And make large profit of, for example, the flying fucking robot. <laughs> like he hasn't realized there's a huge market for robot for for, for robot help for for for, for personal. He's invented AI. He's invented literal flying robot, and he it never dawns Not on him. Not to mention to all those breakfast contraptions. Yeah, it never dawns. Well, I don't know if I'd ever buy a fucking laser slicing egg opener. <laughs> but he's so many things that ne- he never thinks to sell for the purpose of the university. But he's like, oh man, this fucking flubber thing. This is how we do it. <laughs> this is it. This, this is, is the, the one. one. This is the moment. Oh, where does he invent the flying car? At what point in the film does he invent the flying car? Ah. Uh, when they want a nice reason for him to take the car flying through the clouds romantically in a Superman moment, basically. It's so... I mean, what a trope. It's just like, why have a flying car? Like, why not make that the plot point? And it is a plot point because it comes back. But... What does it do? It it serves no purpose other than it just drives them places. Okay. I mean, I'm bewildered by this film. In, in, in fact, one could almost one could almost say that I was beflubbered with this film. Oh fuck. Alright, was that what you is that what you spent the last 30 seconds just standing and thinking of? Is that it? <laughs> Can we end it That's there? It. Is that just That's it? That's the podcast. So they're going to steal the flubber. <laughs> That's it. Um, Clancy Brown is going to steal the flubber. Oh, fuck. Um, Captain Hadley from the Shawshank Redemption is going to steal the bro- steal the flubber. Charles Zim, Sergeant Zim from Starship Troopers is going to steal the flubber. Mr. fucking um, Krabs himself. Mr. Krabs is going to steal the They flubber. get sent Home Alone style. <laughs> Again, by the writer of Home Alone, they get sent to like go 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 check it out, but then they get beaten the shit out of by bouncing flubber bowling balls, which basically leads to some real antics. Yeah. All right. Now, can we stop for a second? Can we stop and work out? So, I don't know who the actor is, but Evil Dad, who's the father of Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton went to yeah. um, Professor Brainard's university and was flunked. He flunked a whole bunch of courses, but specifically put on academic probation by Robin Williams. Yeah. So what connection does he have to the other university? Uh, nothing. Apart from the fact that he ends up working with Chris McDonald in the end there. Yeah, shoot, shoot him a Gavin. <laughs> they work together in the last scene. I mean, I, I don't know that. Uh, and you know what? I'm, I'm more than happy to let that slide. Well, this just, is, uh, I'm not going to understand. This is what's so fucked but, about this movie, and this is why we sound like rambling idiots, is because it is so uncohesive. The entire film is just wacky antics happening. 
sandwiched by non-explained uh by non-explained character interactions right i'd argue that it was sandwiched between offcuts from episodes of friends <laughs> uh yeah i'll pay that yeah basically we're gonna have some real c grade you know sitcom shit happen right now oh is he going to get her back oh yes he does oh no he's not oh no there's an evil plan let's just yeah so the go to central perk and fucking talk it out it is (laughs) it is so simple and nonsensical so this basketball game happens in the middle right this basketball game happens where the real set piece of act two it is it is in fact you are this is true why does the basketball team have to look like the chemistry class or the like the oh the God. radio club? They're all so nerdy. You're telling me no one else on this university is athletic enough to like basketball? This is some real Stranger Things AV club shit right now. Like this is the this is it wow. li- and they're on the basketball team. Like, this school must be fucked. This school must be the most nerdy school in the so history of ever. Because that basketball team looks like that. Dude. Everyone's wearing safety goggles. This is, yeah. <laughs> so, Robin Williams tampers with all of their shoes and their balls by putting flubber on them. Liquid, liquid flubber. flubber <laughs> also, he slaps that one nerd's ass. And I just thought, which is just a hashtag me too, guys. Just not on. Yeah, I know, right? Bit much, dude. Um, (laughs) There have been no Robin Williams allegations, but it might come out from that nerd (laughs) from the basketball team. (laughs) Yeah, he slapped my ass during the making of Flubber. Oh no! And first of all, no one, only one person on the other basketball team notices that these basketball players are acting superhuman. Like they're jumping kilometers up in the air. The ball is bouncing so frantically between their hands and the floor. It's the Robin Williams, Disney, Warner Brothers, Space Jam crossover that we were asking for all along. Oh, if, if fucking, if Michael Jordan showed up, I'd, I'd have lost my shit. It was 97. He was too busy winning rings. <laughs> Anyway, I mean, do we cut to the chase? He's doing this actually not even I'm to sure. test the flubber out. I mean, that's the that's that's mostly what we think he might be doing, but it's not. He's really just doing this to show Sarah that he's fine. That's what the better version of this and movie he was an absolute genius the whole time. That's what the better version of this movie should have done. <laughs> Telling you, it just should have been Robin Williams being a superhero with the help of the flubber, but no, he tampers with the basketball game to try and get back his ex-girlfriend who he leaves at the altar three times. I'm never going to forget that. Weebo, all right, and this is the other moment of confusion. So he goes home, <laughs> he sooks to Weebo about it. Oh, fuck, all while this is happening, the, 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 the flubber, the main flubber has his little dance sequence in the kitchen. Just so Danny Elfman can get a, another 500000 for this fucking atrocious film. That was that was he did not get paid enough for that sequence. My lord, <laughs> flubber mambo, flubber mambo. Did 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 Weebu know to turn the house onto mambo mode? Did she do that? Because all the all the oh, breakfast no. robots start dancing. Oh, no. They turn the sprinklers on. It gets nuts in there, man. The National Geographic magazines perfectly stacked up next to the Jaguars to make a Mayan set piece for the flubber to dance on. I Crazy. Mean, wow. Crazy. <laughs> anyway. It's real shit. He goes real shit. So that happens. Um, and, and, then they, and then the flubber gets stolen. No, 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 no. no. What happens first is he has a sook to Weeboo. He's like, man, I really love her. Weebu records it, right? Now, Weebu, a character who at this stage of the movie has explained how much she doesn't want him to go out with Marsha Gay Harden. She wants to be in love with him. She's even created the hologram waifu. Blade Runner. Denny Villeneuve, take note. This movie did so many things that other movies have done that this has come before. But they all did it better. 
What year did what year did um Harry Potter and the Chamber of Secrets the book come out? I don't know that reference. What are you alluding to with this one? Flying car. Flying car. Of course, of course. Yeah, I don't know. I'm not sure that flying cars are such an unique trope that they have, that that JK has has ripped it off flubber. But hey, look, you know what? At this point, I mean, I'll believe anything. Stranger <laughs> things have happened. But I keep I keep getting lost. I keep getting lost in this fucking uh, incoherent mess. Weeber records his 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 love message to Marsha Gay Harden, takes it to her to show her, and then all of a sudden, bam, their relationship is back, stronger than ever. And I thought that was a dream sequence. He was in bed. She comes in. I've loved you this whole time. They make out. I'm yep. just like, this is a dream sequence. And no. then he takes the flying car. He takes her up into up into the it's real. No, all fine. Yeah, and then they go land back at the house. And they get paid a visit by evil nineties boys, and I'm like, no, 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 this is this is real. That was it. Left at the altar three times, and they kill Weeboo, and they bat Weeboo. Oh. Again, where do you start and where do you stop? Wait, no, we forgot how they take the flying car to Ford. <laughs> Assumedly, they fly it. Assumedly, they fly it to Detroit where the Ford manufacturing office is. And they go, do you want to see this flying car? We can make flying cars now. This will save our university. And and we assume that Ford has bought the flying car. So in the Flubber universe, in the in the in the FCU, Flubber the, the Flubber Cinematic Universe, Ford Ford has flying car patent and 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 that we're just meant to be okay with that in the year 1997. JK Rowling, take note. Oh my fucking god. They get back. Weeaboo's dead. Clancy Brown beat Weeaboo with a bat. <laughs> and then they the, the the bad guys take the flubber. And then they 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 take the liquid flubber, they being Robin Williams and Marsha Gayhard. They take the rubber flubber. <laughs> You ever hear that there's a Blues Brothers song called Rubber Biscuit? And it's just Dan Aykroyd <laughs> making weird-ass noises, scatting weird noises into the... We, we can't do this for much quick, longer. I'm we, dead. Quick, I'm, I'm going <laughs> to click my fingers and then in post we're going to insert five seconds of, 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 of Dan Aykroyd making noise now. How was that? I can't believe it. Eminem, take note. That was, I can't Eminem, believe take happened. note. You're not a rap god. <laughs> Dan Aykroyd served <laughs> your shit, man. So they go to like the mansion <laughs> where where they're all hanging out, and they do a reveal for this. They do a reveal that Chris McDonald is like helping them out all along. It's like, wow. why is this a reveal? I don't understand because he worked. That's the connection. He is the rival university. He's the evil ass dude. This is not news. So nineties and since you, they have a big slapstick fight. It culminates with, and this is an image of cinema I'll never forget in a children's film. Chris McDonald swallows the flubber, bounces around all in his stomach, and then explosively shits the flubber out. And I mean explosively ejects Flubber from his anus. Like there was smoke (laughs) coming out. That man. Now, if you had told me last night when I sat down to watch Flubber, I was going to witness Chris McDonald explosively shitting out Flubber. I wouldn't, I wouldn't realize. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, I wouldn't have known. But that's what we had. And you know what? I'm grateful. I'm grateful. I was really hoping for an alien-esque moment of chest explosion. But, you know, I mean, this film is rated G. So, you know, <laughs> I do. we can only have so much. I, you think of, you think of, I was thinking of when I first saw this film, you know, on school bus trips. And you think of Robin Williams just hanging out with Flubber. 
you don't remember Chris McDonald explosively, explosively ejecting Flubber from his anus. That's that's something I'll never forget in cinema. <laughs> that's something I'll never forget, truly. And I think it's worth watching just for just just that frame. No, just the just like the few frames but of Flubber it? flying out of man's ass. We'll take a screenshot. I do also want to. I do also want to mention. I'm not sure during that, that scene. About it. Before all the slapstick starts, one of the guards is is rifling through Robin Williams' pockets, and he finds what is what I think to be a real gun, because it looks like a real ass gun, and then he he shoots but it at Robin Williams. Dunk. It's a water pistol. But he just does this for th- maybe 30 seconds. Just shoots Robin Williams in the face with a water pistol. And they think it's a bit because the, the head honcho bad guy's going, get him. And yeah, he give thinks, it to him. He give thinks it to that him. means shoot him. Give it to him. He's saying, give it to him. Give it to I'm him. not gonna lie. That was give it to him. That was the laugh. That was when I was laughing, him. but not because of the joke. Because Robin Williams had this smarmy ass smirk on his face, just being squirted with water. Because while the evil head, the evil henchman was giving it to him, Robin Williams was doing it to him. Well, and truly. So they get the flubber back. I'm fucking so done. <laughs> the 90s annex happened. They get the flubber back. There's an, the fourth wedding. This motherfucker still doesn't show up to his own wedding. For a fourth time. They do the fourth wedding on Skype. <laughs> on the Skype. They do the fucking fourth wedding on Skype. <laughs> he still does not show up to his fourth wedding. What have we learned? What has changed? This motherfucker. Women in the 90s, am I right? What a fucking trial. Didn't what a trial. Go. The whole start of the movie is that he doesn't go to his <laughs> wedding. Oh, mother, I just did it on Skype now. Oh, man, I really have the... What? Do you remember your wedding day? Just... Do you remember your wedding? You go to a lot of weddings. You're a wedding photographer. I went to my own wedding. I didn't Skype it in. Have you ever seen anybody Skype in their wedding? Yeah, to a grandparent overseas, not the fucking groom. No one has to walk back down the aisle <laughs> with an iPad. <laughs> it's fucked. No. With a flying, with a flying iPad. iPad. With a flying Wally concept iPad. Oh, everyone at their wedding was so cool just looking at the, the flying iPad. They they were all like, yeah. Weibo's, Weibo's daughter that she, unbeknownst to them, downloaded herself onto his computer yeah. and they rebooted it's, it's and rebuilt Webex. her and it's Weebo's daughter. I mean, this is real Denny Villeneuve shit right now. And then they fly off in the in in the sky past the kid. And yeah. the little kid's in the plane and there's there's that joke again. I mean, if it wasn't funny the uh, what third was the, time. It, it, that was the fourth time because one of them, it's, the, um, it's him in the flying car crashing into the apple tree. It happens the same amount of times. It happens the same amount of times as the attempted wedding. <laughs> So I come back to my point of if you're going to make a children's movie about Robin Williams inventing a slapstick looking flying rubber, a flubber, if you will. I remember the first time he calls it flubber. I was like, all right, roll credits. It's like 30 minutes in. He goes to Weeboo. It's flubber. All right, run it. (laughs) Directed by Les Mayfield. Let's go. Get it out of here. Whack it on Disney Channel. This was my long yeah. short film. This was my long short film. Straight to DVD. If, Straight to hovering DVD on Skype. Can you imagine if Les Mayfield was just like, so I saw the Decalogue today. We're going to make a 10-hour flubber movie. I'd want to die. <laughs> I think I'm about to die, and I can't believe that this is the first film that we have done for this podcast, it's Dom. fucking wild. Is it going to be like this every time? No, it's not. It's not. But I want to take this. I want to take this. I've come up with our rating system. 
I've come up with our rating system. So I want you, I want to ask you this question. This is how we'll sum up everything we find from the bargain wall. <laughs> Out of the $5 you spent on this movie, how many of those dollars were worth it? <laughs> how many of those dollars were worth uh, it? Uh, to record this podcast with you, this this film has earned five out of five dollars. Fair shout, but no, no, no. For having to sit down and watch Flubber. I'll never get those five dollars back. I can't go back to Coles and be like, yeah, I watched this. I don't want it anymore. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm not even sure. I'm not even sure. It was even deserving of the five dollars. <laughs> I think this movie was worth it. Is there a less than $5 bargain bin? No, I feel like of the $5 I spent, this movie was worth $1.50. A dollar for the content and 50 cents for the for the gif I will now make of Robin Williams being squirted in the face with water for, for 30, 30 seconds. seconds. And it'll be such a good gif. Wow. Ladies and gentlemen... My name is Morgan Roberts. My name is Dominic Fitzgerald. If you want to contact us, we'll set up some, some a Gmail, a social. Yeah, we'll just check our Twitters. I'm Morgan Morgan C. Roberts on Twitter. I'm at Dom Fitz Film Boy. The real film boy reviewing these gold standards. Fuck me. We Whatever we pick next week. Oy vey. We'll see. If you see anything in your Coles bargain bin, or any bargain bin, really, hit us up. Ladies and gentlemen, you've been listening to Dan Dan Prices It Down, a movie podcast. You've been listening to a very eccentric, non-structured version of a conversation about a very non-structured film, and I hope you've enjoyed it just as much as I have. Otherwise known as a podcast. Uh, Thank you for listening. (laughs) Oh, yeah. (laughs) 